and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee Hogan, a writer and editor for Anifem, as well as the owner of the friendly neighborhood anime blog, The Jose Next Door. Hey, my name is Rye Kaiser. I'm also a writer and editor for Anime Feminist, and if you put my name into Google, you can find me writing about cartoons and all sorts of things. I'm Peter Phobian. I'm an Associates Features Editor at Crunchyroll and a contributor and editor at Anime Feminist. I'm at Peter Phobian on Twitter. And today we'll be doing our mid-season check-in for the summer 2017 season, talking about the shows that are doing well, the ones that are maybe not living up to expectations, and the ones we're only a little embarrassed to admit we love. Vatican Bros. I'm, I'm talking about Vatican Bros. Yeah. Our, we're always talking about Vatican Bros. <laughs> Seems like it. Now this podcast is a little different from our others, as all three of us are coming to you from a hotel room in Washington, D.C. It is the third day of Otakon, and everyone is very tired. So hopefully this will translate into quality content you can all be proud of, or <laughs> at the very least enjoy. Good stream of consciousness podcast. The pain yes. is real. <laughs> Uh, so let's start talking about series. Um, now in the past the way we've done this is taken the top 10 from our premiere rankings and discussed them. But this season's a little odd because a lot of the harmless fun shows were also not really very interesting to us, so we're not watching them. Um, meanwhile, the Yellow Flags category, despite some problems that we'll talk about today, um, have proved to be entertaining and interesting and we've kept up with them. Uh, so rather than just cover sort of our top 10, um, we're going to start way at the bottom of the yellow flags category with Classroom of the Elite. Uh, Peter, I think you're caught up with that one. Yeah, am I the only one still watching it? I I'm waiting for it to do something sufficiently interesting for me to come back to it, okay. is all. Well, nobody's dead yet, so... Uh, boo. Okay. I say boo, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure what to say about the series yet because I don't really know where it's going yet. Mm -hmm. um, I... No, I elaborated a bit uh, on a piece that I wrote for Crunchyroll where uh, I think it has some really interesting stuff that it's setting up with a premise where they're in this school um, where they have to earn these points to like pull ahead of the other classes, which I guess means they're all going to become like diplomats and like high power lawyers and stuff like that. It's like a 100% conversion rate to university or to a job. Uh, so those are like the stakes, but nobody really knows the rules. You don't know if like cheating is permitted so long as you don't get caught because mm -hmm. um, there's cameras everywhere. And uh, they kind of set it up where you're not sure if you're supposed to have an antagonistic relationship with the school or not. It's just kind of like they're spending a lot of time making you more uncertain rather than setting anything up. So at this point, yeah, we still know where we are. Does it still think it's smarter than it actually is? Um, I mean, it's hard to say because they haven't really gotten into anything yet. So I like it once there so is yes. a once there's a plot <laughs> twist, uh, I could I could maybe kind of make an assessment about how clever the writing is going to be in the future. Mm -hmm. um, but they're doing a lot of setup so far. They did do a kind of unexpected thing with like the uh, the really cutesy "I want to be friends with everyone" character, mm -hmm. uh, which I liked. Um, although they have, I think, episode two was the pool episode. It yeah. didn't take very long. No. Yeah, so... That, which was also the episode where they went on to, to tie, um, what's their face, uh, the antisocial girls need to trust people more with uh, implications that she should act more traditionally feminine, and I wasn't there for that. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I think people are pushing her in that direction. I can say that she has not yielded an inch on that front and has accomplished some of her goals. She is definitely the best character. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably the most curious about her. Although, actually, the, the nice girl is becoming a little more interesting now. And I hope that she doesn't just kind of end up in a different kind of stereotype. Right. Um, but, again, like, still impossible to say. I don't know if the series is going to be 24 episodes instead of 12, because um, we're, like, halfway through the season, and... <laughs> and it hasn't decided to yeah, get it, yeah, yeah, nothing's really happened yet, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully... Well, keep us posted, because it seemed like an interesting premise, at least. So I'm, kind of, I'm very curious to see how they deal with that, those yeah. ideas of, um, I guess, classism, almost. Like, yeah, it, it, clawing your way to the top, no matter what, um, who you hurt to get there. Se seemed like the sense of the first episode. Is that where it's going, or is it yeah, more, are I, they fighting the system together? Like, I guess you don't really know at this point, though. Um... Yeah, not sure. Yeah, we, we still don't know anything about the the main character. I am glad they sort of emphasize that he is his social social interaction is definitely his weakness. Mm -hmm. uh, at numerous points, they give him tasks to do things, uh, which he absolutely fails at because he speaks in a uh, monotone and doesn't know yes, how to is. relate with other people. Okay. So he actually is just kind of watching mm -hmm. the girls do yeah. almost everything. I, I, it's good point. they called that out at least. At first, I just thought it was bad characterization, but it's yeah. part of 
kind of how he interacts with people. I don't get the impression he's a Gary Stu, but okay. a lot of people have got that read. He mm-hmm. is secretly good at Kung Fu. He is, yes. <laughs> yeah, you get the feeling he's there with a purpose. I, uh, I tweeted that I think the premise is uh, uh, very similar to Kakegurui, except with very different executions. Except was fun. Yeah, because yeah, you get... Um, uh, I don't remember what the name uh, the main character in Kakegurui uh, the is. The Blandy McT- protagonist, yeah, that guy. Uh, no, it's J- Jubami uh, from Oh, oh Jubami, the actual protagonist. Yeah, you okay. get the feeling that both of them are like these assassins that were sent to destroy the schools mm-hmm. that they're uh, supposed to go to. It's okay. just, yeah, yeah, one of them is a lot more flamboyant, uh, and the yeah. other one is, I'm not even sure what it is yet. Mm-hmm. I, I do kind of hope Classroom of the ELE deals with the fact that it's a school system that works on dehumanizing its students who don't perform, and Japan has very high suicide rates around high school acceptance and mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, it feels like it could be making some social commentary, but we're not sure what that commentary is at this point. Yeah, so it's all about how it sticks the landing at this point, basically. It's all yeah. a mystery still. Yeah, well, keep us posted for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, next on our list is Welcome to the Ballroom. Um, possibly oh. for my money, maybe my maybe the most disappointing show of the season. Um, I got three episodes in, and just the kind of relentless sort of insistence that the female characters be sexualized and you focus on their boobs and they're stuck in these situations where people are, like, ripping off their clothes. Uh, for comedy, just sort of eroded all of the good work being put into, like, the animation and... Um, I just gave up on it three in. What about you two? I'm going to be honest. I really enjoyed the premiere, and mm-hmm. then I kind of fell behind a little bit, and hearing you both talk about the next two episodes, I didn't want to break my heart after liking the premiere so much. It was such a nice premiere, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the show, I don't, I can't remember the last time I saw a show that was looked so good that was so hamstrung by its story. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I get the feeling that the animators on the project are very passionate about it because it's a chance for them to do something new and unique. Mm-hmm. And like we do get really good moments like, um, I can't remember what his rival's name is when he's dancing alone in his room and they got into like some really, actually it's mostly his rival that gets the good dance scenes. Because yeah. later on he's like pissed off and he turns into this fiery demon while he's dancing. Oh, that's cool. Uh, a lot of like really imaginative stuff that they do. Mm-hmm. Although even then you can kind of see that they're working with budget constraints because they have a lot of really apparent 3D CG with like dancers that are like in the front of the screen. So there's these like explosive moments of animation and Mm -hmm. then uh, a lot of the other stuff is like some very obvious corner cutting. Sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I think the story is just really also unimaginative Mm -hmm. uh, and I really don't like how they treat any of the female characters. Yeah. Uh, God, I can't remember. I'm not going to remember a single name today. Um, it's okay. I, I'll try yeah. to pull up some lists um, as we go. Uh, the main, uh, like the heroine, the love interests, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, they just sort of treat the female part of each dancing couple as like a vehicle that mm-hmm. is driven by the man. And yeah. the they're like the the hope of the female characters, and this includes the new one who is they're like setting up this new rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, is just like they can find a really good, that they can be a good enough vehicle that they get a good driver or something like that. Uh, so all the girls want to be sports cars so that they can get like uh, the, the NASCAR so like, drivers or something. Uh, and all, everything sort of like rotates around that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's this one point where the main character gets an opportunity to dance in competition because. Uh, his rival, or now he's his rival, he hurts his leg, mm-hmm. um, so they, like, try to sneak him in and see if they can get him to dance the routine without anybody noticing he doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but, and it, hey, there's no way it could have worked, uh, and his teacher sort of threw him into that situation, uh, and uh, the girl is very upset about this entire situation, like, because she wasn't told about the guy's injury, because they, like, threw this guy in to dance with her without telling her. Yeah. Uh, and then everybody just sort of yelled at her afterward uh, for being pissed off about it, and then, so she goes, I'm not going to dance with him anymore. I'm going to mm-hmm. dance with this new guy who's interested in dancing with me. And they say, oh, she's throwing a fit. And it's like, no, like her yeah. trust was betrayed. She was criticized for being like insulted by this. And mm-hmm. she decided to pick a new partner. And you just assume she's throwing a hissy fit and eventually she'll get back to normal. It's like, I can't think of a situation where I like thought there was any good plot around the female characters. That's very, that's too bad. Yeah, it makes me... It, very much makes me not want to pick it up again. So yeah. The whole series also that. it's like a get the girl kind of thing. I think the I whole reason he's dancing is from, to dance with her. Yeah, I got that vibe early and um I was like, well, you know, depending on how they play it, as long as she also has her own goals and there's um 
some decent development there. It's fine if it if it's you know functionally kind of a romance at the center. Um, but then she never really seen her goals seem to be about the male characters, kind of like what you were saying, and that yeah. sort of just wore me out very quickly. So that is a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the next show on our uh, I'm just kind of going up the the list on our rankings. Um, the next show on our list was Convenience Store Boys, which <laughs> I tried to get put in the pit of shame because that's how bored I was while watching it um, for the premiere review. Um, but it, I mean, it really didn't, it wasn't that bad. So we put it in the yellow flags. Um, I don't think any of us are watching that and oh, we can God, skip no. right over it. Good. Yeah. You could not pay me to watch more of that show. Um, the next one on the list though, Peter, I do believe you are keeping up with, which is Knights and Magic. And in the premiere reviews, right, I know you wrote the one for that. Yeah. It, it was very much a show that struck me as this is a perfectly fine premiere for the most part, but I see all of the light novel red flags. Yeah. So how has that, how has it progressed? Like, has it? Has it been pretty solid, or...? Um, be- I'm, a, I'm a little bit behind now, okay. uh, because of the convention. Yeah. Um, but last I checked in with the series, it hadn't done anything super bad. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, dynamic where um, the all the female characters really want to hug um, Ernie, because mm-hmm. he's really cute. Um, and uh, I, I don't even know. There was like a duel between a... a, a Man and woman, they, they like designed this new mech, and she was going to be the pilot of it when they were doing this test run, and they do like a skirmish. Mm-hmm. And I guess the guy was supposed to be the best knight, and he like almost wins. Um, so even though she's like that, literally the, the advances Ernie made like revolutionized it. I can't think of like a technological jump like similar to what he did to the machines they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of felt like it was a cop out that she lost anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean. It's, it's kind of a, a small thing. It's uh, mild annoyances, like, you wish that they did more with those characters, but it's not like they're being actively awful to them. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, besides that, I mean, it's just kind of a... Yeah, they really haven't done anything bad. Uh, the show's kind of interesting if you're, like, invested in the premise. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Lauren's super into it because Mecca. Yeah, um, I think the way Lauren described it was, it's a giant robot show if you squint, so here I am. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it, I did get people, uh, people did uh, tell me later that something that's apparently clear in the novels that is not, that they skip right over in the TV show. Oh, cool. um, That um, he, so, you know, he dies and is reborn, and apparently he doesn't remember being an adult male um, who who had this entire life before. He just has, like, this innate sense of how to robot, Mm -hmm. which does away with a lot of the underlying sense of creep that I had in the premiere, because I super wasn't sure... Um, if he was going to be like, if he was actually a 30 year old businessman, like hanging out with teenagers. teenage girls. Yeah. yeah. Well, they do. They do. That is in like the first episode. They like, they cram like a lot. Like apparently the first episode is two volumes worth of content. Yeah. Uh, I heard they rushed through a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I'm really not clear as to what awareness he has that he is the reincarnation of a 30 year old software developer from Japan. Yeah. Um, that premise is so, it, it's like a sad wilting appendix to the rest of the story. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hilarious that it was like, well, we just need a good reason for him to be really good with giant robots. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think but... the distinction with a lot of Isekai, though, was the the person that he was before was very successful and mm-hmm. admired by the people around him. That's true. Very yeah. passionate about his, uh, uh, well, actually, both his job and... his job, yeah. and he loved his hobbies. Yeah, yeah. and, like, uh, you don't get the impression that he was dysfunctional or, like, had any social issues or anything like mm-hmm. that. And it was portrayed as kind of a tragedy when he died. Like, there were a lot of people at his funeral. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's yeah. not like... A, it is escapist in that he gets to kind of live out his dream of piloting a mech. Mm-hmm. But it's not like this guy couldn't work in the real world and now is in this other world. Yeah, so He's it's just, a little different from a lot of isekai light novels because of that, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, and I've heard, like, part of the... Um, some of the articles and things I've read about the appeal of it is that he's just so enthusiastic and that the enthusiasm for like the mechas is kind of contagious with everybody around him and so that sense of like a protagonist who really loves what they're doing and then gets to do it so that's that's nice to have for yeah. sure it's like a portrayal of the the positive effects that good fandom can have yes in uh magical mecha isekai and you know we, we definitely need more stories that are about like nerd hobbies being productive and positive things rather than like this is why you're an outcast which is how a lot of the light novels i think tend to frame it so mm-hmm. yeah he it's invites people happen. into his fandom as well which yeah. i think is very important he like That's he wants true. other people to share in his enjoyment mm-hmm. so i think that it's yeah it's kind of like a really feel-good show actually that's nice so. that's good yeah. maybe i'll maybe i'll come back to it at some point i'm watching a lot of shows this season so yeah. who knows um 
the next one, I don't think any of us are watching this, but I do. I don't want to skip any titles since um, if people are following along on the premiere review. Um, are any of us watching Altair? No, I dropped Fantasy World War One straight off the bat. Yeah, I the first episode really did nothing for me, so I didn't keep up with it. Same nothing. Okay, yeah. so we can we can jump over that one. Um, we have a premiere review if anybody wants to read some first impressions on it um, don't. on the site. <laughs> um, okay, the next show on our list is. Vatican Miracle Examiner. The also, best show of the season. Uh, what Ryan and I have affectionately been calling Vatican Bros to the point where we just made a hashtag for it because I couldn't find an official Twitter hashtag. And no, so because I just started, this isn't a good show. I just started using Vatican Bros. Um, I don't know in terms of uh, feminist relevant content if there's much we can say about it. It's... It's not good, folks. It's it is like, a trashy show about two Catholic priests solving mysteries, and I put quotation marks around that, even though you can't uh, see it from here. I think we all heard it. It escalates in some truly imaginative and just. It's one of those shows that has it's so, um, just all in on its own kind of uh, wild insanity, I guess, in terms of plot twists and um and development of of its storyline um and i it's pro it's probably the show i'm most excited for each week because it's just so freaking goofy um mm. but it's not it's not good i would recommend you try it if you like trashy stuff with a nice homoerotic undertone because yeah. the two priests are probably dating if you um, um if you were a fan if you want something that's a throwback to like the era of, of descendants of darkness like that early 2000 early 2000s kind of catholic exploitation uh, vaguely homoerotic look we put this on for aesthetic this is that this is that like reborn and carried forward in time almost 15 years and it's beautiful <laughs> I just, I love it so much. It's my exact kind of trash. Yeah. So it's, um, again, I don't, there's really not really any female characters. Um, no, not certainly. So they're, they're can't mostly, even talk about it from that angle. Um, they wind up either dead yeah. or as props. If it ends up doing something canonical with the fact that the priests do kind of uh, seem to be sort of like priest married, I guess. Um, right. They, the, well, there's certainly a love triangle going on at the moment. It does seem that way, yeah. Um, so, like, if they do something more, like, explicitly canonical with that, um, there, that, there could be a conversation there. Um, mm -hmm. Especially when you're dealing with... Um, Catholicism and the priesthood, which is its own bag of... This show doesn't know how that works. Um, they, well, and you know, I will give them credit for they do at least touch on um, some of the the kind of corruption and um, power imbalances and things like that within the church, but it's done at a very kind of high-level, ham-handed, ham-fisted kind of way. Um, and also weirdly tone-deaf in certain moments. Who would have thought that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be. It's... It's a show. It's a show. Um, give it a try if you want to watch something just kind of ridiculous and just have a fun time every week. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, I can't. I can't. I can't recommend it from a feminist angle, but it's kind of a guilty pleasure. So, um, that's that's Vatican Bros for me. Anything else you want to add to that, Bri? No, I just love it so much. Yeah, we're having a good time with this one. Uh, Peter, you're not you're not watching Vatican Bros, right? No, but I saw a screenshot of like somebody looking at. I think Santa Claus was looking in their window or something. Yes, and he's got an Christ, ex. Mary Kilmes. Yeah. And uh, now I'm now I'm very curious about the series. That yeah, sure was an episode too. It is again. It escalates in amazing. I don't I don't want to spoil the experience, so I won't even. It's talk true. About it, it. It's a beautiful ride, but it's it's ridiculous and great. I'm looking forward to um, watching the new one once the con's over. Um, okay, next show on the list. Um, is this is the top of the yellow flags category and that is gamers um peter are you most mostly caught up with that yep. okay i haven't seen the one from this past week because con travel yeah um, same but otherwise i'm caught up i'm not sure if i'm gonna keep up with it or not what are your yeah. thoughts on it uh i like the first episode i thought like it set up a lot of bad situations but it like dodged all of them mm -hmm. uh and i just I liked some things about the first episode. Then the second episode was really good. Yeah, the second episode I really liked. Yeah, because they really like uh, you have this perception of Uehara that they really kind of uh, immediately defy and turn him into a really likable character. Mm -hmm. um, and like the the whole his relationship with the I don't remember her name the pink haired girl. Uh huh. Um, but ever since then, it's just sort of seems to be about how the girls are like basically all they are is interested in the guys. 
and yeah. that is their characters. Yeah, that's and because the first two episodes do a really nice job of kind of giving you a little bit of a not I guess not a super deep dive into uh, Keita, but uh, Amano, the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second one definitely gives you a deep dive into Uehara, and so you spend the first two episodes kind of getting to know these guys who are both. Um, gamer fans, but, you know, have very different kind of approaches and uh, the way they interact at school, and then they kind of bond over that. And so getting a feel for how those characters tick in the early two episodes was really nice. And my thought was, oh, okay, so every episode we're going to get kind of like a zero in on one of these characters. Um, and we kind of get that with the girls, but like you said, it there's not a lot of, um, like, angles and depth to it. It's all pretty much how they relate to one of the two main guys. Yeah. Uh, they did the episode that was focused on the main girl. What's her name? Tendo? Kata and Tendo. Tendo, that I was it. That uh, yeah. And, like, the whole episode was just about how she's obsessed with Amano. Yeah. And, like, how Amano's basically ruined her life because she can't get anything done because all she does is think about him. Yeah. And I, I don't, that was the whole episode. I don't know. I was, like, shocked they spent 24 minutes on that. It A part of me, like, a little part of me... I liked that to a point because I think that um, a lot of people in high school, when you do, like, fall hard for your first, like, kind of big crush, um, it does get to a point where it's, like, distracting and, like, you know, it's it's hard to really focus or think about much else. Um, so I, I, in a vacuum, that was fine. The problem for me was that the other girls have similar storylines, essentially. Yeah. Um, Chiaki, who I really liked when we first meet her, she's the other, like, hardcore gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, who... Seaweed. Seaweed, yeah. yeah. She, like, when she first gets introduced in the story, she and Amano kind of become friends because they bond over a lot of the games they, they both like. And then they end up getting into big fights because she is just so freaking sick of, um, like, sexualized Moe girls in um, games to the point where she, like, prefers Western games because there's less of that in there. Yeah. Um, and I really like that they included that perspective because I don't think you see that a lot. Um, but then the second half of the episode is basically like her developing a crush on the guy and like changing her entire appearance to make oh, him yeah. think she's cute. He makes an offhanded comment about how she'd look good with short hair. So the next day she comes to school and her hair's short. Yeah, and she's like hiked up her skirt and has gone like full like cute girl. Which, yeah. on the one hand, the guy the guys have kind of are kind of doing similar things. Like Amano feels like he needs to have practice talking to girls so he can be like on Kara, on Tendo's level. Mm-hmm. Like, he talks about how he doesn't feel like he's worthy of her. Um, and then uh, Uehara basically was, you know, kind of an awkward nerd kid in middle school and then decided to completely revamp his um, personality and appearance um, when he got to high school, which is kind of nice to see because you don't see that with guy characters nearly as much as you do with girls. So yeah. that, that gender swap there was um, kind of nice to see that that those things are also important to guys. You know, like those those quote-unquote shallow issues, which they're not necessarily shallow, um, but people tend to think of them that way. Um, so on the one hand, the guys do have that element of like a lot of things in their lives are um, driven by wanting to be popular with girls or wanting a particular girl to like them. But there's other elements of them, and with the girls, I don't feel like we get anything else to their characters other than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I'm in about the same spot. Yeah. Like, if I start seeing interesting stuff coming out of female characters, I think I my opinion of the show would, like, radically increase, because everything yeah. else there is good. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know whether I'm going to get inter- anything interesting out of basically half the cast. Yeah, so. and that's my and they, they feel like the kind of characters who could be really interesting. Yeah. Um, and the it's just like the author doesn't know how to write them in a way that doesn't immediately relate them to the fact that they like some guy. Yeah. Basically, so uh, I don't know if I'm gonna keep up with it or not, but I might give it at least one more, just to just to see. Well, something's gotta break soon. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, okay, the next are our harmless is our harmless fun category. Um, we're not watching the vast majority of these, but I'll I'll rattle off the titles real quick. Um, Battle Girl High School was I think Amelia actually did the preview review for that. It was it was fine. It was the Magical Girls. I'm not watching it. Neither of you. I didn't no. even watch the premiere. It's I think it's on High Dive, so it's a tougher one for us to track down anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one was Dive, um, the new Swimming Boys show, which again it was fine but mm-hmm. um i that i was honestly kind of creeped out by the fact that you know at, at least one of the few things you well no that's unfair one of the things you can say about free is that you know we talked about this before um off mic that the characters look older they look like adults mm-hmm. um 
the boys in Dive look like 14-year-old boys, and it's creepy. Yeah, that, that element of, that sense of, like, fan service in it when they're, when they're young, too. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, so none of us are watching Dive. Uh, Restaurant to Another World, did you give that one a second try, Peter? Or um, I've dropped it, I think. I know I know. Vry kind of wanted to claw their eyes out. Sorry, what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, with that one. I got a couple episodes into it. Um, it's really okay. The second episode does, um, they bring in like a, like a lady adventurer character who I really liked. Um, it's just, it's one of those shows where it's very slow paced and it doesn't really have a central storyline. Not really. Um, it's kind of just these sort of vignettes. I think if it was like a 10 minute series, I would enjoy it. Yeah. Because I'd watch it once a week and be like, oh, that was a nice little restaurant thing. And that would be, that would be it. Um, but 25 minutes is, was too much. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. It's just not for me. Yeah. Like, I'm the same way. I gave it a yeah. couple and I was like, this is, this is all right, but it's just not something I necessarily want to come back yeah. to. There are so. a lot of Japanese shows like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the one about the female, um, like uh, worker who goes to restaurants. Oh, Wakakuzake. Yeah, I, I kind of get that feeling off mm-hmm. of it, where it's kind of like about the food. Yeah. And like the experience of the food. Mm-hmm. Um, it is but for sure. Yeah, that just doesn't connect with me personally. Yeah. So I, I don't say it doesn't reflect badly on the show for me. Just mm-hmm. like it's not my no. area of interest. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. So like, give it a try, folks. If you want, if you want food shows, um, mm-hmm. there's nothing. There's nothing in it that I feel like I need to warn you away from um, necessarily. I mean, there is there is a lot of naked dragon lady in the first episode. Um, so there's that. It's a little fan servicey, but the second episode was fine. So, um, top of the harmless fun category is elegant yokai apartment life. I have kept up with that. Did either of you ever go back to it? No, it's one of those where I enjoyed the premiere and then I'll think I'll, it'll come into my mind and I'll think I should watch more yokai apartment life and then I promptly forget about its existence again. That's fair. Um, it's I like it. It has it's proven to be better than I think I was expecting it to be. Um, it's a little more... There's more meat to it than I thought there would be in the first mm-hmm. episode. Um, the main characters um, kind of dealing with the sort of suppressed grief of his parents' deaths and then kind of finding this new family uh, and community um, in this apartment full of, like, yokai and ghosts and exorcists and, um, you know, other people sort of connected to the supernatural world. Um, and then kind of him being sort of angry that he had to grow up so quickly um, because of the loss of his parents. And so there are elements within the story and some, and it's definitely willing to go some dark places because people don't become ghosts because they had a happy, fulfilling life necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clumsily done and the animation's pretty, pretty middle of the road. Um, I'm enjoying it though. And there's not other, there's one character who's like, you're sort of, typical adult lush woman who gets drunk all the time and like wanders around like in a tiny bikini or naked or whatever Mm. um but she's hardly in the show and other than her there's really nothing about it that i would um i mean content warning for some for child abuse depictions but other than that it's it's harmless fun, so it I, I would keep it in that category like, for sure. One question, because I did drop the show. Sure. So you said that ghosts are created by unfortunate happenstances. In their Seems life, to right? be that way, yes. Okay, so the the boy and the dog. It's, oh man, uh, it's really, a, that's episode three, and that was the moment when I went, what the hell, Yoko <laughs> apartment okay. life? It was alchemy, was... right? It was alchemy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> yeah. Spoiler well, alert, but... folks, it was alchemy. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't, but it was, um, it was intense. Um, okay. they, they do, they, they do kind of go into that in the third episode too. Um, so that's the end of Harmless Fun. Now we're getting into the shows that I think the three of us are all watching pretty regularly. So, um, this part of the conversation should be more of a chat. Uh, bottom of the feminist potential list, uh, feminist potential is the category where it's, there's not necessarily overt feminist themes, but there's some possibility there, there could be. Um, the bottom of that category was the reflection which came out a little later than everything else, so it doesn't have as many episodes running. Um, Vry, I believe you did, you did the premiere review for that. I did, yeah. It was, um, is it fair for me to summarize it as, it was hard to get a grasp on exactly what it was doing, but like, it, it, it could seem yeah. willing to, to directly address issues of like prejudice in sort of an X-Men and Mutants type way. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's about the shape of it. Okay. Um, Peter, do you, uh, do you marked here, you, you're keeping up with it? Uh, yeah, although I don't know if I have too much to say about it yet. It's yeah. been, like, a lot of, like, it's very quiet, mm-hmm. given how much, like, fighting there is in it. 
and just kind of like a lot of scenes. It's weird because like uh, it's by uh, oh god, what's his name? Nahara. Uh, same guy who did Flowers of Evil. Yes, not uh, And it's yeah. like the same kind of rotoscopy feel, um, but like in, in Flowers of Evil, there's kind of like a lot going on in like in character dynamics, but like in like like facial expressions and stuff, but everybody's wearing masks in this. So like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I don't know what to make of it, to be honest. I'm not quite sure what he's trying to do yet. I have, I have no idea. So. Yeah, it, it feels, it's kind of a slow burn, and I'm curious to see how many episodes it ends up running, um, just kind of with the way... There's a lot of threads. Like, we've met a lot of different characters doing a lot of different things. But yeah. because we... It kind of feels like a Game of Thrones episode sometimes where you check in with so many different people that by the time the episode's over, you don't really feel like anyone's story has advanced that far. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, that said... So there are some things about it that um, I like. Um, I've seen the first three episodes. I think we're up to four at this point. Um, the third episode features a... Um, well, first of all, it does sort of directly address, like, there's a lot of prejudice towards people who had the reflection, the reflected happen to them. Yeah. Um, so it is at least sort of addressing that idea of, like, everyone's terrified of the things that are different, um, or the people who are different. Um, and then the third episode features a disabled character in a wheelchair whose wheelchair turns into a giant robot, and that was pretty great. <laughs> that is amazing, is I, the thing. I liked that a lot. Um, and she, it's got kind of a very special episode feel to it sometimes with mm. sort of the dialogue that is written. But, I mean, I do appreciate that it is at least a series that kind of deals with the fact that, like, um she's really cool and, like, has a lot of things she wants to do with her life and her dad kind of tries to coddle and protect her because he thinks that she's, like, weak and needs, you know, uh, to be handled with kid gloves all the time, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do agree. I do like that it, it deals with those things, even if it's a little a little clumsy in the execution. Um, also, Stanley might be the villain. The villain looks like Stan Lee. Yeah, yes. yeah, which is interesting. It is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he also does the episode previews, which is every time his voice comes on, it it sort of jars me a little bit. Yeah, so that could be. Yeah, that could mean that like some of the narration is coming from the villain of the show too, depending upon how they're. There's a lot of things they could be doing with that. There are some. Yeah, there are some interesting. If they decide to go like a meta route with Stanley being like the head bad guy, that yeah. could be interesting. Though I can't. I'm not sure what the bad guys bad guy quote-unquote's um intentions are they you don't know what they're trying to do no like they feel somewhat magneto-esque which would make them more sympathetic and kind of you know in a gray area i think um Mm. but i can't i don't know yet so um my biggest concern with it was there was a line dropped i think in the second episode um where they said that like people who have these powers were either hit with like a light or a like smoke? Do you remember that happening? I think yeah. Yeah, they drop so. a lot of like weird like exposition just kind of randomly, um, and the way they framed it was like if you got hit with the light, then um, you just got powers. But if you got hit with the smoke, you like became evil. Yeah. And so there goes the discrimination. Yeah, yeah, and there goes and so if that is if that is like where they actually end up taking it, then the sort of discrimination angle falls apart real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not. It's kind of hard to watch at times because the animation style is so just different. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much more I'll, I will watch it, but I did get through three episodes like just back to back. So there's is something it, there that's interesting to me, clearly. Definitely the premiere had that element where it looked really good in single, very composed moments. Mm-hmm. And then the in-between stuff just looked kind of flat and painful and occasionally very hard to mm-hmm. look at even. Yeah. I appreciate them trying to do something different. Um, it's just not... Uh, succeeding all the time mm-hmm. so um, but that's the reflection at this point uh, we'll be able to check in a little bit better at the end of the season if we keep up with it uh, the next show on this list is another one that's frustrating me and that is 18 if um, Peter you're keeping up with that one too mm-hmm. I believe right you caught a few episodes I, I watched uh, the first I think three and then I, I sort of I'm I don't know that I'm down for March of the damsels even though there are so many good things in the lead-up to what end up being very frustrating conclusions to every time. Yeah. Um, so, the thing with 18F folks at home um, is that every episode features a um, interesting, fleshed-out, fairly well-realized uh, female character who then basically gets rescued by the main male uh, protagonist and 
So on the one hand, you do have these these well-written female characters, but on the other hand, the end of their stories tend to end up being like, oh, I like this guy now, so everything's better. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get better so that I can meet this dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, not all the time, though. Like, uh, the second episode. Even her, she was yeah. like, she, I, want, I want to leave this place so that I can meet you. Oh, did she say that? That's oh, like yeah, the last mind. line of the episode, yeah. yeah I also, it's super disappointing. I thought it was kind of weird, because uh, I remember the last guy didn't kill anybody he watched, and so uh, for the last person, he killed the guy while she watched, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was what they were going for. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to say. Like It, it seems entirely dependent on who's directing the, the next episode, because we were all talking about how great episode three was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like amazing, uh, but I yeah. Sort of, episode three is incredibly well done. Yeah, and in that one, you the the romance. It's it's also kind of awkward, but it's sort of contextualized in her not wanting to miss out on normal high school things, mm-hmm. uh, like dating a guy uh, before she dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was very it was really tragic. Uh, but like, yeah, and then the next two episodes just kind of went back to like how the first two felt, and they were much more clumsily handled. I thought um, they tried to tackle eating disorders and did a very Job of it. Um, All it takes is for one dude to say that he likes how you look, actually, and that will cure your eating disorder. That's kind of the direction it went. Yeah, it just it just oversimplified itself. And I kept kind of hoping that there was going to be some sort of reveal with the main guy because we've never seen him in the real world. Yeah, that's the. Maybe he's not real, and maybe it's Lily is like projecting this person to help people, or they're projecting this person to help people. Right. And that would put a very interesting spin on what is. Currently, kind of a march of the damsels, like you called it. Yeah, yeah but would that? I think I stole that from you. Would that undermine the premise, though? How do you mean? Like, uh, it, it, it would be kind of subversive if it was, if he in fact did not exist, if he was, uh, um, if they pulled a Final Fantasy X. Uh, but uh, she's still like using him as a method of fixing these girls by making them randomly fall in love with this dude, right? Yeah, no, I think that, um, I, I don't think it would, like, get rid of the problems necessarily, but it would, um, I don't think it would get rid of the problems necessarily, but it would put a much more, um, interesting spin on it in terms of, like, how, how, how people think narratives are supposed to go, I guess, like, Lily feels like she, like, if Lily felt like she needed to create a male protagonist to help these girls, I think there's at least a conversation I could have about that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, regardless of it, I mean, I, again, it wouldn't be, like, perfect feminist representation, but there would at least be some commentary there. Yeah. Um, and right now, I don't. I'm worried that there's not going to be at all, and it's really just going to be boy save sad girls. Yeah, I do think they're going somewhere interesting with him. I really hope so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to tell what sort of quality you're going to get, because, I mean, the, like, the best part of the show is also kind of <laughs> the worst part of the show, because uh, every episode has its own director, uh, and they just kind of get free reign, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So you don't, like, episode three was amazing, uh, but then, like, you, you just don't know, you literally don't know what you're walking into every week, and that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, but it also, like, episode three kind of set a very high bar for everything else in the it series. It really did, and so then the fact that the next episode was such a disappointment was was compounded by the fact that it had done such a good thing the week prior. Yeah. So, which, which might, and that might end up shooting itself in the foot for kind of a grand overarching theme, too, if, if it's just every, if it's almost an anthology, if it continues being almost um, an anthology all the way up to the end. Yeah, so mm-hmm. my hope is they'll develop some kind of a central arc, which they kind of are with the professor, but, um, and his daughter, who is almost certainly Lily. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll keep an eye on it. I'll probably stick with it for a little bit longer just to just to get a feel for it. Yeah, I'd love to find out that it does something interesting and mm-hmm. go back and finish it. I yeah. do want to I want to look up more of the director because I think for a lot of them they're not like with Space Dandy. It's like like kind of a Hall of Fame of yeah, directors. Yeah, it's a lot of big names, and I don't know if that's the case with 18F. Yeah, in 18F, the, the episode three, that was his directorial debut. Oh wow! Uh, he'd done like uh, key animation for Naruto and some other series, mm-hmm. but he'd never. Like, I don't think he ever directed even an episode before. Oh wow! So hmm. that was his first chance, and he did yeah. everything. He wrote it, he did the animation, and he directed it. So, like, if it could make some names, because mm-hmm. I'm definitely interested in that guy's future work. Yeah, no, me too. Uh, Fujiwara, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to follow him now. So if it's kind of like this opportunity for a lot of people to, like, kind of try out directing, mm-hmm. uh, we might be able to get, like, a lot of cool names we could be interested in the future. That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we do. Um, next one, 
on the list um, is um, another personal favorite of mine, uh, Clean Freak Aoyama-kun. Oh god, I love Aoyama-kun so much! It has, it has consistently surprised me in how charming and nice and sympathetic it is to its, its uh, cast of lovable weirdos. Um, Peter, are you keeping up with this one as well? Uh, it might be an episode or two behind. The last one I did was about uh, Glasses Guy. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like five. So yeah. So I think we've both seen five, but not six. Yeah. I'm. 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 That is one. I'm. I am in fact caught up on because it aired early enough in the in the week. Mm-hmm. Um. So right. Let's start with you. What are your thoughts here? I like. This is definitely a show I went into with a lot of a lot of trepidation because I'm used to like comedy germophobia, har har, and I don't. I'm I'm still kind of disappointed in the translation choice for the name uh, to use clean freak instead of cleanliness boy yeah. because I think that's going to turn a lot of people off um, as far as the tone of because the actual handling within the show is very gentle and honestly in some ways more nuanced than I've ever seen as far as characters under kind of that OCD germophobia umbrella mm-hmm. and it's it's also just such a sweet character drama that has a lot of weird archetype characters but wants you to sort of laugh with them rather than at them mm-hmm. and I, I just I like it so much I don't know if uh, the piece I wrote about this show will be out by the time this podcast goes up but yeah I've got a lot of feelings about Aoyama-kun and it's good yeah it's uh, it seems like about every season I get a nice comedy that sort of comes out of nowhere and surprises me and last season it was the Royal Tudor and this season it's Aoyama-kun for mm. the, the same kind of reasons you mentioned um, Peter, how are you doing with this one? Um, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if I have much to say about it. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of just moves around to different characters. Um, I definitely, what you two covered, I, I definitely think is, it's being positive in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, all I can really think to say is it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a nice little episodic comedy that, um, that does that thing that where you're like, oh wait, that was actually insightful and, right. and well thought out. Good, good job, cute show that I just watched for a giggle. I, I was um, wondering, like, is this going to be a long runner or is it just? Do we know? It's based on a manga. Uh, I don't know how many episodes they got for it thus far. Because because it's um, definitely a show that I could see doing the thing Shonen do, where like the it, it starts out very neat and then tournament arcs happen. Oh yeah. It's really not a sports anime, though. That's Yeah, that's true. It is much more slice of life than sports. It's, yeah, it's much more of kind of a school comedy than a sports show. Yeah, although I do, uh, I was actually really impressed, because I got that feeling that it was an emphasis on, like, uh, comedy and, like, SOL more than sports. Uh-huh. But then when they do sports stuff, they actually have some really, like, I would be very interested seeing that kind of animation in a sports series. Uh, mm-hmm. Some really good, like, 3D integration, like that that shot he does in the end of the first episode. Yeah. Where they, like, zoom in on the front of his foot with a soccer ball in front of it, and they sort of zoom back and around the character as, mm-hmm. yeah, to, like, bring the goal into perspective before he shoots. Uh, and the soundtrack's really good. So, yeah. like, it, it, and, like, very sporty, too. Yeah. Um, so... I feel like when they do go into sports mode, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting how, like, I wasn't sure actually if it was going to be sports or SOL, just based on the fact that both were executed in very different ways that felt very at home with what they were doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. I will say that it hasn't disappointed me yet, but I am kind of keeping my eye on the fact that there's this continual, like, plot crux that keeps coming up of... Aoyama-kun has, is put in a position where he has to overcome, uh, like, he, he has to push past his germophobia to do something on the soccer field. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's handled it well thus far, uh, genuinely, but it, I'm constantly watching it for it to turn into, to kind of turn the corner into, you just need to try harder to get over it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to do that, yeah. but I'm always worried. Mm-hmm. No, I, I understand there are all, a lot of shows where that does end up being the case, so hopefully Ayamakin will continue to handle its characters and subject matter um, with the sympathy and nuance it's had thus far. Mm. And we'll be able... To, I know I'll be finishing this one, so Definitely. I know I'll be coming back to let folks know how it, how it ended up wrapping up there. Um, okay, so now we're getting into the feminist theme show. Um, there were a trio of them this time around, and these are shows that, um, again, based on the premiere, which is a limited amount of information, but we did uh, see elements within them that felt that felt more directly feminist-related, um, so we uh, gave them kind of the top category here. Mm. Unfortunately, the bottom show on this trio is uh, Action Hero and Cheerfruits, which is only on High Dive for subscribers, and we just... 
there's too many streaming services, I think. And yeah. we just had to, we had to kind of pick one that, that none of us have and it wound up being High Dive. So I don't think any of us are caught up with it. I know, you, Brian, you really liked the um, like the premiere. the premiere was decidedly my jam, and it's a show that I fully intend to go back to and check mm-hmm. up on it and see if it's it's keeping up with that. But I'm just kind of waiting for it all to be there so I can binge it on a trial. Sorry, y'all. Yeah, I hear it's like Symphogear. Hmm. I hear it's very similar to Symphogear. Oh, is it? Does it end up being kind of a Symphogear style show? Uh, that's just like the impression I got from what how people are describing it. Okay. Th- that of... premiere had a very Simomanko feel, and I was here for it. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we might be able to um, give folks an update at the end of the season, if nothing else. Like like you said, maybe like a maybe like a, a quick subscription binge and then stop kind of. Yeah, thing. definitely my plan. Um, but at this point, uh, at this point, none of us none of us are able to keep up with that one. Um, this gets us into our top two shows, um, the second of which is Made in Abyss, and I think all three of us are keeping up with yep. that one. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was, I was over the moon in love with the premiere, um, pretty much from, like, the opening, uh, shot. Um, so I did the review for that one, and my biggest concern with it was that I had heard the manga had some unsavory elements, and with the characters being about 12, that that becomes a more of a concern than it would be if they were adults or even or even like high school kids right. i think um so how do we think it is handling itself going forward i love it so much and also it makes me feel frustrated and uncomfortable a lot yeah do you want to expand on the on that a little bit um well because well in in general i i just because i i love those kinds of um weird This is the genre I like. That's not even like weird fairy tale, dark Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I'm super here for it. But also, the the fact that the protagonists are twelve and they the plot keeps coming up with reasons that they need to uh, get undressed like a lot, and it also continually has like exam uh, it, it continually has questions around the fact that the robot boy has human genitalia, and it's 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 the fact that it keeps coming up uh, it, it's one of those things where like there's an episode where you know Rico um, passes out and she gets vomit on her clothes so so she has to you know take those off because they're gross and that on its own is a fine enough scene because it's very unsexualized nudity and you know whatever it's fine that scene if it were by itself but there's just mm-hmm. it, it becomes this instance of there's this pattern of this keeps coming up in only five episodes and it's a why does the plot keep writing itself so that this has to keep happening mm-hmm. And it also casts scenes that would normally be, you know, fine, whatever, in kind of a very uncomfortable light. I know, I keep watching it thinking, some asshole is jerking off to this. It, it 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 just makes me very uncomfortable in a show that I'm otherwise enjoying a lot. Mm-hmm. Is these these sort of bursts of of like, I guess low key creepiness would be the way to describe it because, like you said, like uh, the framing isn't. It's not like it sexualizes the characters, but it's just like, did you did you have to include that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those things that would not be bothersome if it weren't a persistent pattern. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of I, I I see what you mean there. Um, yeah. yeah, I still like it. It's in some ways, it reminds me of Flip Flappers in that I feel like it's really close to being perfect, and then those moments happen, and I'm like, mm, why? Why did you have to do that thing? Right, the, the um, bar is otherwise so high that things that are not great, but become that much worse. Yeah, I think they become more concerning um, and more frustrating when, when the show is so close to being to being just like, I have no complaints about it, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I, and uh, like, like other, than, other than some of those elements you mentioned... Um, I really don't have any complaints about it. No, I, I've heard some people complaining about the, the monster design, but I think uh-huh. it, it works kind of with the, the uncanniness of the abyss. I actually think this is a case of CG simplicity animation doing quite well for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love Rico as a main character. Oh, she's um, so great. She's, I am a little worried the series is going to shift a little too much into being about Reg. Mm-hmm. And I, I think right now they're balancing the two characters' storylines mm-hmm. um, very well. And Rico is... Adventurous, but not like strong female lead trademark. You know right. what I mean? In the sense that she 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 still gets scared and and cries easily, um, but then she goes out and she continues on with her adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's so much I like about it, but there are those there's are those elements of it where it's like, well, I do have to mention to people that it's got this this every once in a while this little layer of of kind of ugh to it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. What do you think, Peter? Um, I, from what I've heard, uh, they've already skipped several scenes that were very creepy in the manga, like bad creepy. So, uh, the, so the anime is making a concentrated effort yeah. to uh, improve upon the source material. Yeah, it looks like they're like. making decisions to not include certain parts of the manga, which mm-hmm. would be uh, somewhat problematic. Yeah, I have heard allegedly that there is that the author is got quite a lollicon streak, which I am not here for in the most way. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't know. I haven't been able to find any. Um, I guess evidence to that. Yeah, hence so, allegedly. Strongly yeah. allegedly. Well, even like small things, like they find those soft rocks or whatever, and in the in the manga they're called boob stones. Uh, but in the anime they just don't name them. They don't bother. Yeah, uh, they don't. It's easier just to, you know, not go through with it. I also like uh, one thing in particular. Uh, the dynamic with uh, Rico's mother is very common among male characters, but you never see that in females, both for it's the person. It's very rare, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like it's the... My dad went away on a quest, and now I've got to find him. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, gone, Hunter x Hunter, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, and in this case, it's both, instead of a father, it's a mother, and it's a daughter pursuing, and it's mm-hmm. a very, like, like action-oriented, dangerous role, uh, which I appreciate being afforded to a female protagonist. Yeah. Because that's I, so uncommon. I love that. We, we talked about that a little bit in the uh, premiere review comments, in fact, um, some folks were talking about how like how rare it is to see that, and they were kind of trying to come up with other examples. And um, not much. There's really not much. Like we were, we were like we were we were able to come up with like female characters who wanted to follow in their mother's footsteps, and it was more of an action-oriented role, like uh, Soul Eater or or on High. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't that element of like that sort of "Where are you, Dad?" kind of quest that comes up in um, like shonen, like a lot of traditional shonen, like Hunter Hunter you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, yeah, having having that having that quest put on um, a female character and her female mentor is is really cool and I like that a lot about it too mm-hmm. um, any other any other comments about Maiden Abyss I feel like that's that's one we could go into like a lot of detail about but I don't want to spoil things yeah for I, I think we're, there's going to be a lot for us to talk about at the season end mm-hmm. but for now it's just I like it there are some things that concern me a lot but God, I really, really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, okay, and that brings us to number one. Um, Did you mean best show? <laughs> Speaking of flip flappers. So, yeah, that actually that is a good point. Speaking of flip flappers, um, from Studio Three HZ, the folks who brought us that uh, Princess Principal, which I would say was much like Aoyama-kun, one of the bigger surprises of the season. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all keeping up with that one as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Your thoughts. I love it so much. It was made for me. The sort of spy action. Yeah, it, it's a spy action thriller about uh, you know courtly politics and like because I love stories that are about um, you know restrictive roles, especially for women and how they uh, function within that with a lot of agency mm-hmm. and also. But then also, it is basically uh, Lupin and Bacchano in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then there is a cool jazzy sand- soundtrack, and also it is Yuri probably. It was made for me. <laughs> it definitely, yeah. It's definitely got some some Yuri overtones there that I'm. I hope they. I hope they do something with it. And yeah, I really don't like. That's about the only thing that could turn me on the show at this point is if they dropped that and didn't yeah. see it through. Yeah, and I don't think. And I don't think every show needs to needs to end in in a um in an I die die daisuke um like mm-hmm. flip flappers did declaration of love but um yeah but if they were to drop it completely it would be it would be frustrating well and it's one yeah. of those things where it's set up as a major character motivation for at least two members of the cast True. so it would feel really not good if, if they, they just if they just gave up on it entirely yeah mm-hmm. i i do agree with that um yeah i i feel like i don't have a lot to say about it but it's just it's just a really good spy show with a lot of fun female characters um peter do you have Anything you want to add to the conversation here? Uh, well, I I was really surprised. I mean, when I first saw like like the world and then the Moe character designs, yeah. Moe like, same face. Is my dead. like eyes like almost burst rolling into my head. But yeah. uh, and then I it wasn't until afterward that I found out it was written by or it was done by Three uh, HC and actually a lot of people on the crew of Flip Flappers. So I don't know if this is just their thing now do series about Moe girls that are actually really good uh, and have, like, very definitive Yuri relationships. If they mm-hmm. did that, I think they would be a pretty good studio. If, if they want to make yeah. it their and, brand, I'm here for it. And excellent, <laughs> excellent backgrounds as well. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also discovered the the author, um, or, or the guy who wrote it, uh, uh, let me see if I can get his name right, Ichiro Okuchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okochi. Okochi, yeah. He has written a lot. He's doing Devilman Crybaby. Oh, um, cool. 
he wrote both the Revolutionary Girl Utena novels. Okay. So this kind of speaks well to me for the future of the mm-hmm. series. Well, I, I hear the Utena novels were good. The, well, they're um, they're weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> they, they they certainly do include a weird scene where Toga hooks up with Miki. That was a thing that happened that I can never forget. Uh, but no, yeah. I mean, on the whole, yeah, they're quality. Yeah. And uh, oh, MS team, uh, the Berserk movies, uh, Eureka Seven, uh, so Razavan as well. Yeah, he's, so, he's worked yeah, with Kyoto a lot. Is, so pretty, a pretty a solid, city, a pretty city solid series. back uh, background there, which hopefully means they'll they'll be able to bring it all together. Um, I think if I had one thing, I'm not that maybe I, I guess we could we could have a conversation about for sure. Yeah. Is um, one of the characters kind of main things is she kind of uh, seduces slash flirts her way into situations, and right. that's um, Dorothy, and that's kind of her main, um, not purpose, but one of her main strengths. She's also she's also a good shot, and she's kind of their right. team driver, and she's mm-hmm. very good at driving. So mm-hmm. it's not like she's a one-dimensional uh, character, but that does come up pretty regularly. Yeah. It's I'm actually kind of okay with it, just because, um, first of all, because of the whole you know, representation means variety. Like, you mm-hmm. can you can have the femme fatale if you have care- other female characters who are doing other things. Yeah. But also, I think it's very interesting and thoughtful of them that the femme fatale character is actually a 20-year-old pretending yeah. to be a high school student. Yeah, like, someone made a concentrated effort to go, no, the character who's using her feminine wiles is, in fact, an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, like, I would definitely like to see her character expanded on, and if they mm-hmm. don't, I would be disappointed. But I'm not upset about her role in like the team and how she's been handled. Yeah, there's some weird commentary that I feel like they're being very uh, playful with the fact that they're using Moe character designs in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she looks very like if you swap the hair and it's the same character. Or yeah. Her, yeah. I mean, there's some chest stuff going on with her, but uh, uh, she looks almost like the rest of them. But then she's like 20 year old. Oh, but I'm pretending to be in high school, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh well, you look the same. Yeah. And then uh, they make it was bit. I can't think of it as anything but, like, them actually pointing at the fact that the character designs all look the same in episode two, mm-hmm. yeah. where, um, oh God, I can't remember their names. I can't um, remember uh, Anjan Princess, probably? Yeah. yeah, so she disguises herself basically just by putting on a wig that looks like the princess's hair, yeah. and then and everyone is fooled, and I, I just, I, I can't... I don't know how to interpret that, but, yeah, Moe's same face is There's a thing, a and that's why... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no, it seems like, like they're poking fun at their own character designs, which mm-hmm. I appreciate because uh, that was like my main problem with the show going into it was yeah. because the Moe like didn't I don't it, it seemed I'm kind of like used to it now, but at mm-hmm. the beginning yeah. it like really did not jive with like it's these steampunk so backgrounds. Well, yeah, and and it's it's one of those things where like if that's just your art style, then okay, that's fine. I can roll with that, even if it feels sort of out of place with like the the setting or the themes, but. The other characters in the show don't... It's not like they all have that kind of chipmunk design. Like, yeah. the the um, the older guys and the older women, to, to a somewhat lesser extent, um, have more detailed faces and, like, the, and like stronger, like, noses and, and features like that. Realistic anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. So, the fact that the main girls are drawn in this, in this sort of very... Um, calculated is not the right word, because I think that's being a little too harsh to print, to print pal. Um, more marketable. Marketable, more traditional, more like very well known. What we think of when we think of like a cute girl show or a moe show designs right. um, stands out all the more because of that. Um, but the characters are so are so well written, and the stories are so fun and um, yeah. well animated and well paced, and so it's just kind of like uh, it doesn't even bother me anymore. Yeah, the so. same with like the the goth lolly fashion, which it, at this point it's still dumb, but I've just kind of rolled my eyes and accepted it. Because, like, they're the only ones who have, like, the short ruffle skirts while everyone else is in kind of period-appropriate clothing. Oh, they're, like, school uniforms. Yeah. Are, are sort of odd. Oh, they're yeah. steampunk outfits. Yeah. 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 It's, and it is. It's steampunk London, so it gives them a little bit of leeway with uh, with how they want to design them. Um, I haven't seen them in anything yeah. that I have not seen a steampunk cosplayer way, so... Yeah, um. that's, it's just another one of those things where it's like, okay, y- y'all are on point, uh, but... Everybody else is wearing like long Victorian dresses with the puff sleeves mm-hmm. and like, like uh, more okay sort of tradition. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there is definitely that element of making the the main characters uh, appealing to an audience that would want to watch Moe and cute girl type shows. Um, yeah. But again, suckering them in with really good writing. Yeah, <laughs> they gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I really um, 
it's good. It's it's a good fun show, and I would I would happily recommend it to people. I think it's I think it's doing a really nice job with its with its uh, female characters and their relationships with each other. Might be the biggest surprise of the season, honestly. Yeah, definitely. It, it's it's definitely up there uh, for sure. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to come back at the end of the season and talk about how it continued to be really good and fun, and we had a nice time. Yeah, I think I've heard that it's only going to be twelve episodes. Actually, I I'm, I kind of had a feeling it was just going to be a single core. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully they stick the ending and it ends up being lots of fun. So, Okay, folks, um, sometimes for these we do talk about sequels. Uh, this time around, um, I think we're going to go ahead and pass because we are at the hour mark. And some of us have to check out of our hotel rooms. So, uh, it's the we real will... live con experience. It is. It's, it's the, it, it is. You, you guys are experiencing the con with us right now. Um, so we'll check in with sequels and carryovers at the end of the season and uh, kind of let you know how those turned out. Um, but that's going to do it for us today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. And if you really like what you heard, consider tossing a dollar or more to our Patreon each month. Uh, your support really does go a long way towards making Anime Feminist happen, both in print and in your earbuds. If you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, please check us out at www.animefeminist.com, on Facebook at Anime Fem, on Tumblr at Anime Feminist, and on Twitter at Anime Feminist. And that is the show. Thanks for listening, Andy Fam, and we will catch you next week. See ya. Bye-bye.